You know, one of my favorite uh, parts of being a pastor is, uh, especially pastor of Ivan Rest Church here, is the privilege of going to visit newborn babies. I, I do say hi to the parents as well, but I think they all know I'm really there to see the baby, and hopefully they'll let me hold that little one there in the hospital. But there's many of you um, sitting here this morning now over the past 17 years. I held you when you were a day or two old. You probably don't remember it. Um, but your parents might remember, as I held you, I almost always reflect on what an amazing miracle it is to have a healthy baby born. It truly is a miracle. Those of us who have experienced something other than a healthy birth of a child know what a miracle it is. And the rest of us too quickly forget that miracle, or we take it for granted, right? So think for a moment with, with me. Think about everything that needs to go exactly right from conception to birth to have a healthy baby be born, right? Over, over just nine months, a whole human body is developed. These cells that are multiplying at an amazing rate, every one of these cells has the ability to become any kind of cell. And yet they know exactly what cell to become to create bones and skin and one heart and two kidneys and 10 fingers and blood that carries oxygen and, and to create a digestive system that can, can process food into energy. They know just what cells to turn into to create two ears and that can hear and two eyes that can see and one very complex brain that learns all life long. What are the chances of all of those unbelievably complex organs developing on their own exactly right? What are the odds? What are the chances that that this intricate balance of hormones and chemicals that, that keeps us healthy and thinking straight would be exactly right. What are the chances that this fragile little baby would survive that journey down the birth canal and not get crushed? What are the odds that those lungs that for nine months that they've been in the womb have processed liquid that in the moment that that child is born, the doctor slaps it on the back, clears that liquid out, and suddenly it knows, how to, it knows how to process air. And now if you put liquid back in those lungs, guess what? You die, you drown. How in the world does that happen? What are the odds that those little eyes would open and be able to see? That the ears would be able to hear? That 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 baby would be born and this harsh and beautiful life would begin. Parents, give your kids an extra hug today. They're a miracle. As frustrating as it might be to you, they're still a miracle. Okay, give them an extra hug. This Christmas morning, we're, we're celebrating the birth of a baby, the miracle of new birth, right? It's the birth of a baby that we are here for. And the reason, it's the reason behind all of our celebrations on Christmas. Why we put trees in our living room and hope there aren't mice in them. Why, why we wrap up bowling shoes and shower caps and snow shovels and give them to each other. Right? Why, why we sing Christmas songs and eat Christmas feasts and, and send Christmas cards. It's because of the miracle birth of a baby. 
And the birth of Jesus that we're celebrating today is an even greater miracle than our own births. Okay, think about this with me for a moment. First of all, think about the not-so-simple logistics of Jesus' birth. Uh, what a miracle it is that he was born healthy at all. I doubt that Mary had a full schedule of prenatal doctor visits prescribing just the right diet and just the right vitamins for her to take to make sure she had a healthy baby. I don't think that happened. And nobody told her that it's a bad idea to travel for three days when you're nine months pregnant. And I don't know whether she rode a donkey or whether she walked. Either way, it's not good when you're nine months pregnant, right? And think about the setting for her baby's birth, right? We, we make this barn or this backroom stable where Jesus was born, we make it quaint and cute in our imaginations and on our Christmas cards, right? Like, like we wouldn't mind giving birth to our children there. Let's not forget, this was a place for animals. It was flooded with germs and bacteria looking for some place to settle in where they didn't belong. This was no sterile hospital room. There were no machines waiting close by in case there was some kind of trouble. There was no NICU waiting to take care of the complications. There wasn't even a doctor present. Maybe there was a midwife, maybe. There was probably this young guy named Joseph who didn't have a clue what he was doing. And he probably didn't even wash his hands since there was no running water and an antibacterial hand sanitizer hadn't been invented yet. That there ended up being a healthy baby at all in that manger is pretty much a miracle in itself. But that's not even the miracle that we're celebrating here today. This morning, we are celebrating the even greater miracle of who that baby in the manger was. So take out your Bibles. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, page 830 in the Bibles that you have in front of you. Right? We've been working our way backwards this Advent. We've been remembering who this baby grew up to be so that we can rightly celebrate who this child is at his birth. But here... Luke chapter 1, at, at the unknown beginning of this story, before any of that is revealed, the angel tells us who this baby truly is. Listen to the conversation that Mary shares with God's messenger Gabriel, starting at verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. 
since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. (laughs) This shows that this is not your normal miraculous birth. This is a Holy Spirit empowered miraculous birth. Teenage Mary, still a virgin, understandably asks her angel visitor how in the world He could say that she was pregnant. And Gabriel's answer in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of God will overshadow you. Your child is going to be called the Son of God. Let let that virgin birth reality sink in for a moment. You You may have known this fact for a long time. How long has it been since you've really just let that sink in? This is a Holy Spirit-enabled birth. This is God's child. He is the Son of God, literally. This is God himself born as a baby. That's the miracle that we acknowledge every time that we say the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. This is God himself. This morning we're celebrating the incomprehensible miracle of God's presence arriving with us in the form of a baby. That's enough to justify whatever over-the-top Christmas celebrations you choose to do. But even... Even this season, even today, as you go all out celebrating this miracle Christmas birth, know that this should not be the greatest celebration that we have. Even though our culture tells us Christmas is the highlight, it's the pinnacle, not for us. See, this miracle at Christmas, as spectacular as it is, is really, it's really just a prelude. It's just the start. It's just the introduction. It's just the opening band for the main attraction that you've really come to see. It serves to point us towards the greater miracle still to come. Because as we reminded each other all throughout Advent this year, we have moved Jesus out of the manger And we've seen him as he has grown up. But the truth is, too many people in our world, maybe even too many of us, never move Jesus out of the manger. They celebrate Christmas and that's all. And they miss Jesus' amazing life. 
They miss him being the doctor that we talked about, bringing the miracle of healing to broken bodies and broken spirits and broken souls. They miss him being the teacher that we talked about, bringing the miracle of truth and love all wrapped up together in a profound way that's never been experienced or lived out before. They miss the truth of him growing up and becoming the lawyer and the judge, not only defending us despite our guilt, but also paying the penalty in our place and then swinging his gavel and declaring us innocent for all eternity. They miss those miracles. And most profoundly, and, and I would say most tragically, they miss the miracle of Jesus' second birth. There's two of them. As amazed as we are at the miracle of Jesus' first birth at Christmas, the miracle of his second birth is even more unexpected than the first. We heard it at the very start of the service, didn't we? Easton read it for us. This baby, this child of God, this, this son of God, God himself was declared guilty even though he was innocent. This child grew up to be the perfect lamb of God who paid the penalty for our sin when he died a horrible death on the cross, even though he was sinless himself. He was dead and buried. And then he came to life again. Then he was born a second time. Jesus is born again on Easter. There's two births that we celebrate, right? His lifeless body came to life. His lifeless heart started to beat again. His lungs that had stopped breathing gasped for breath one more time. His eyes that had gone dark opened up and he saw the light. His ears that had gone silent heard the birds singing again. His voice that had been silenced now was free to speak truth in love again. The Holy Spirit of God that conceived him gave him life again. This was a Holy Spirit-empowered rebirth. And if you and I are going to begin to comprehend the true miracle of birth, We need to move from Christmas to Easter. From Jesus' birth, his first birth as a baby, to his second birth as a resurrected man. And we can't even stop there. If we're going to experience the full miracle of birth today, we must look even further forward. Because the Holy Spirit, who empowered the miracle of Jesus' first birth, who empowered the miracle of his second resurrection birth, is still doing his new life, new birth miracles. Only this time, he's working it in you. And he's working it in me. What God did in Jesus Christ, the miracle of a Holy Spirit-empowered resurrection, that same Holy Spirit, is ready and eager to do in you. In anyone who is willing to move Jesus out of the manger, to the cross, to the tomb, and then to see him walk out alive again. This miracle of new life, now and for eternity, is ours. The Spirit is ready to work. 
the miracle of rebirth in you and in me. That is what this story of Jesus, what this, this whole book is all about. It's about God's great love for you and for me that made him willing to stop at nothing to make it possible for us to be in a right relationship with him forever. For us to re be reborn by the forgiving power of the Holy Spirit. He would even send his own son. He would send himself to be sacrificed so that you might be born for a second time. That's what, that's what Jesus himself was pointing towards back in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, you don't need to turn there. Some of you are familiar with that story. It, it, in John chapter 3, Jesus is talking with a religious leader of the day named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is intrigued by what Jesus is teaching. He wants to learn more, but he's still, he's still a little bit hesitant. So he arranges to meet Jesus after dark when no one else will see him and he won't get in trouble for talking with this, this rebel Jesus, right? And in the midst of, of their conversation together, Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. It's the first time Jesus uses those words, born again. The first time he invites anyone to experience a second birth. And Nicodemus is, is understandably confused. My guess is he reminded Jesus of just how old his mother is now. And he reminded Jesus of, of just how much bigger he is now than he was when he was born. Right? And, and my guess is, I can just imagine Nicodemus laughing at the ludicrous thought of a second birth. And I can imagine Jesus chuckling right along with him. Until in all seriousness, Jesus points him towards the miracle of new birth that can be his through the Holy Spirit and says to him, very truly I tell you, Nicodemus, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Born of the Spirit, reborn, washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, forgiven by grace, birthed into life eternal. That is what the Holy Spirit of God is ready to do in you and in me. And so as we celebrate the very beginning today with Jesus' arrival as a little baby, the Holy Spirit moves us from the miracle of his birth at Christmas to the second miracle of his birth at Easter and now to the miracle of rebirth that he's ready to do in you. Just as Christmas is incomplete without Easter, Jesus' salvation work is incomplete without you, without me, until we let the Spirit work his miracle of rebirth in us. So today, Christmas Day 2018, we celebrate the new life that began at Jesus' birth. And I hope you do that well today. It's worth celebrating, but don't forget 
in the middle of this whole hectic season, don't forget Jesus. But today, we also celebrate the new life that's ours, that's yours, that's mine. Our birth that comes from the love and the grace of Jesus Christ who transforms us by the power of the Holy Spirit, forgiving us and setting us free. That's the heart of the story God is writing. He's writing it in you. And so if you today, if you know what that new life is all about, if you know what it means to be born again by the Spirit, if you've experienced that rebirth into eternal assurance and hope and peace and joy that comes from receiving the free gift of forgiveness by the grace of God through faith in him, then you truly have reason to celebrate today. Give thanks to God for the new life that is not only Jesus, but that's yours today. And if you aren't, if you aren't sure about the end of your story yet, if the questions and burdens of this life, the, the things you don't know and wonder about, if you're still searching for answers, and if you don't know how to lay down those burdens, if you're still looking for some kind of peace, some kind of assurance, not only for your years here on earth, but, but for eternity as well, then I'm going to tell you that you have reason to celebrate today too. Because Jesus' birth that we're remembering today is God's invitation to you to be reborn in him. The Holy Spirit of God is ready and willing right here, right now, to rewrite your story. To help you trade brokenness for healing and guilt for forgiveness and judgment for grace and doubt for assurance and striving for resting in him, to trade death for life everlasting in him. That gift is yours today. And like any gift, all you need to do is receive it. I didn't read the rest of Nicodemus' story with you earlier. It's Nicodemus, right there, trying to understand what it means to be born again, to be born by the Spirit. It's in that context that Jesus says these words that my guess is that all of you have heard. It's to Nicodemus that he says, you know what, Nicodemus, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God so loved the world. He sent his son, Jesus. If that new life invitation is one that you want to accept, but you don't know how to, you don't know what that means, catch me afterwards, call me later, email me, talk to somebody else who, talk to somebody else who you trust, who knows the answer. But if that invitation is on your heart right now. Don't ignore it. Because it's a gift you don't want to miss. So today we celebrate the miracle of birth. Don't, please celebrate the manger and the, the baby in the manger. That's what we're here to celebrate today. But don't stop there. As amazing as that miracle is. See today the miracle of Jesus. The miracle that he won when he walked out of that tomb alive. 
And now let God work that miracle of new birth in you. Experience that miracle today. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for the miracle of your birth that, that rewrote the salvation story, that rewrote the story of this world, that redeemed this world, restored this world, that guaranteed victory in the end. Thank you for the story of Christmas that, that rewrote our stories, our lives, our eternity because of the miracle of your birth on Christmas, because of the miracle of your second birth at Easter, we have new life in you. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. May we know the whole story, and may we celebrate the whole story today. And may we see you as King of kings and Lord of lords, not out there somewhere, but as King of kings and Lord of lords, sitting on the throne of our hearts and on the throne of our lives. And with that truth, may we celebrate today your goodness, your grace, your love, and your victory that is ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.